started this two weeks ago, I thought it'd be done, and this is week three, so I'm talking about um, be aware, spiritual renewal brings attacks from the enemy. How many know the defoe we have is already defeated? And so, you know, I love John, First John, he said, greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. So, you know, we, we go through challenges and the enemy seeks to attack, but we go into the fray or into the battle knowing that we've already won the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ, right? So, you know, when you see it that way, regardless of what comes, you know you have a victory. So I'm just, uh, this, this uh, message was just a warning. We really are people who say, well, God's about to do something. No, God's in the middle of doing stuff right now really all over the world, and um, I know he's doing stuff in me, he's doing stuff. We had an awesome time uh, last weekend with the men, it was uh, par excellence, would you say? It's just amazing, and I uh, can't wait for next year, so uh, anyway, come on, that's right, and uh, our Sunday services have been amazing, haven't they? You know, uh, I, I go into those services, I say, God, you know, um, you know, we, we can't make you do anything, and, and all we can do is prepare ourselves and ask you to manifest, and it's been manifesting himself on Sundays. That is the presence of Jesus is here. So I invite you to really invite your friends to come and your coworkers and your family members and ask them to come. And I believe God's got great things. How many believe that? So if you'll do that and just keep praying, we'll, we're going to have a great time. Nonetheless, just be aware anytime you make spiritual tr- strides toward the Lord, there's, al- there's always opposition. You know, I've been to three Bible schools and when I started the first one, uh, and then the second one, and then the third one. This always seems like increased opposition. I've started churches. I've, been, I've changed ministry positions. I've been in a traveling ministry. Started a church in a small town in 1988. I've been here since uh, 2004, and, uh, or 1994. That's why I was 10 years prior to that, 1994. And, uh, you know, every time we've made a move or a step, it seems like the enemy's just always nipping, always trying to get at you some way. But, you know, you go into the battle knowing you got victory. So I mentioned this last week. So I'm talking about, uh, I've, I've talked about the fact that he does attack. We talked about that. Then last week, started talking about methods of his attack. And I mentioned Sun Tzu, who was a 500 B.C. warrior, and he had three principles of war. Not even, a, you know, he's, you know he's, a, he's, not, he's a Chinese guy. Uh, not a Christian, but he had three principles that people have followed over the millennia, uh, the, the hundreds, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years now. And uh, he says this, and I mentioned this last week, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. So know yourself, know your enemy, and, and you'll be able to win. Then he says, if you know yourself but not the enemy, hmm, for every defeat, uh, victory gained, you'll also suffer a defeat. You're just saying you won't move forward. And so I'm just trying to share with you some of the ways the enemy attacks you. You'll be forewarned, hence forearmed. And then lastly, he said, if you uh, know neither the enemy nor yourself, you'll succumb in every battle. So if we know who we are in Jesus, then just know the angles from which our enemy seeks to attack, then we can be uh, aware that he he comes. He's insidious. He never stops. And, uh, you know, uh, he has an uncanny way of masking himself where you really don't realize it's the enemy that's tempting or messing with you. How many understand what I'm saying? So well, uh, last week we talked about uh, the first way the enemy attacks, and that is through the world. And we looked at 1 John 2, 15, and the world is defined, the world, the flesh, uh, or the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We talked about that. And then last week we also looked at three keys uh, to living free from the pull of the flesh, and we talked about that in fair practical detail. If you were here last week, go back and listen to it on the website, download the MP3. We also have the video available. 
Tonight, the second way the enemy attacks us, I want to get right into that, mental harassment. Everybody say mental harassment. Mm. Ephesians 6.11 says this, and this is not in the notes, uh, New King James. Put on the whole armor of God. See, why do we put the armor on? Because the enemy from without is trying to come. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wilds. The King James and New King James uses the word wilds of the devil. We usually don't use wilds in our vernacular. Wilds, other translations say strategies. Um, The Greek word uh, is methodius, methodios, and it means with a road. That is, there's a certain way that the enemy comes into your life. He comes on the road. And the road that the enemy comes into every life is the road or highway of thinking. How many know that one of the most important things you do after you come to know Jesus is guard your thought life? In fact, if you come to Jesus and do nothing with your mind, your mind will pull you away from God. How many know that's true? So it's one thing to be born again and know you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's one thing to know that old things pass away and all things become new. That's true. But, you, but we've got to get our mind changed. We need to, our mind renewed with the Word of God. So the enemy, the, the road, the pathway that he comes on is hindered. And you put roadblocks up and you say, you're forbidden. Road closed. Turn around and go back, right? So uh, I want to talk about this a little bit. I'm going to throw these books out. If I do it now, I think you'd read the book, not listen to me. So uh, I wrote this book a couple of years ago, Change Your Mind to Change Your Life. And uh, I want to, uh, and so some of what I, in fact, what I want to talk about tonight is in this book, uh, probably better than I can share it tonight. So I encourage if you don't have that, pick it up, and it's in the foyer, it's worth it. Um, but Philippians chapter uh, 4, verse 6 says this, be anxious for nothing. Everybody say anxious. Be anxious. Don't worry about anything. One translation I'll read in a minute. But in everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. It's amazing how the enemy can take a mountain, uh, a molehill, and make it a mountain in your mind. And he often does that. So something that seems, uh, that seems small to you looks very, very large. And I've had that happen thousands of times in life. But you know, once you know the enemy's tactics, you can defeat him. Kenneth Hagin used to say this, if uh, Satan can keep you in the mental realm, he will whip you and whip you badly. So if you overthink things, you can get defeated. Everybody hear that? He said, but if you keep the enemy in the arena of faith, that is you act on God's word regardless of how things feel or seem to be, you'll be victorious in every conflict. How many know that is absolutely true? So again, if all you do is over, if all you do is think about stuff, what's going to happen? How it's going to work out? If you stay there, you can get really, really blue. You can get really, really defeated. And uh, I have been attacked that way, oh Lord, thousands, tens of thousands of times by the enemy over a period of being in ministry for forty. Uh, what is that? Forty one, two, yeah, my forty-two years this year. And uh, you know, I've learned that I don't stay in that mental arena. I put him over in the faith arena, and that way I got Jesus on my side. I got the power of God behind me, and he's got to run away, right? Philippians 4, 6, Philip's translation says this, don't, and I love this, uh, don't worry over anything, whatever. That's very clear, isn't it? So it's never the will of God to worry, and there's always something coming that'll cause you to worry. Is that true? So it's amazing to me how you can be on, on the top of the mountain, everything's going wonderful, hip, hip, zippity doo da, zippity day. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. And the next day, all hell broke loose. I mean, it's just the way life is. So uh, it's just amazing. Don't worry over anything, whatever. 
Okay, what do I do? Tell God every detail of your needs in earnest and thankful prayer. And then the results is in the peace of God, which transcends human understanding, will keep constant guard over your hearts and minds as they rest in Christ Jesus. So this is an encouragement not to allow worry. In fact, uh, Matthew 6, uh, and it's also recorded, I think, in Luke 12, Jesus said, give no thought, no anxious thought for your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, how you're going to clothe yourself, yada, yada, or anything about your future, for your heavenly Father knows what you have need of. He takes care of flowers. He takes care of birds. And you're, then you're more important to him than a flower or a bird, so he's going to take care of you, right? So again, uh, he's encouraging us not to worry or not give in to the inroads of the enemy when he comes to inflate our thoughts against us. First Peter 5, 7 says this, casting the whole of your care. This amplified. Now, I like this. Casting the whole of your care. Somebody says one time, well, Lord, you know, I can take care of this one over here and this one over here. This big old one, I want you to take care of that one. He doesn't want you to do it that way. He wants you to give every single thing to him. So I like this, casting the whole of your care. And then in brackets, the amplified adds, all your anxieties, all your worries. Everybody say all. All your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and about you watchfully. Now that tells me that regardless of what I'm going through, the Lord understands what we're facing, what we're thinking, you know, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it seems like. And he's already made a way of escape. Yes or no? So then the next verse, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober. Everybody say, be sober. This is New King James, and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I like the, the, the word sober in the New King James is the, is the Greek word for mind. So it really, uh, one expositor I have said this, be free from mental intoxicants. How many know you can actually get drunk with your thoughts? Now, hopefully you've not done a lot of drinking, but some people have. And I've seen people that have. I've been on airplanes with people, long-haul flights. And I'm thinking, that person's talking kind of outlandish there. Then I started smelling a little bit. And I could tell they've been, they're inebriated. An inebriated person uh, thinks in ways they don't usually think. Is it true? They say things they don't usually say. Is it true? They act in ways they don't usually act. Is it true? Well, a person that's mentally intoxicated is the same way. They'll act out of character. And so that's a good word that he says, be free from mental intoxicants. Um, be vigilant or ever on your guard because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion, but he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. If you've been in our church any length of time, I've talked about Happy the Dog back in the 80s when my mom and dad would walk long distances very, very fast. They would power walk, and I'd be on at home on break with them. We're walking fast, and here comes Happy the dog, which is this great big gargantuan bulldog, and, and he makes the ground shake with his, with his running towards us, and then his loud bark fills the atmosphere, and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, you know, he's going to dismember me. What's gonna, going on? He comes up to us, stops, and, and he stopped and wagged his little stubby tail. He had no teeth, and my mom and dad laughed at me because I was afraid of Happy the dog. Now, that reminds me of the devil. He's a toothless, he's a toothless lion, right? 1 Peter 5, 8, God's Word translation. Keep your mind clear and be alert. I like that. 
your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. Now, for me, when I came to the Lord in 1976, I didn't realize this about me, but I overthought everything. And, you know, I was going to go be, I was going to be an engineer in a particular field. And to do that, you have to have an astute mind. You have to think through on things. So I have a, a very specific, particular mind, and I, I think through on the details of things. Now, that can be really good. But in life, that can also be really bad because it'll cause you to overthink everything you're facing. And I found myself with a habit of overthinking everything. I overthought relationships. I overthought, you know, my job. I overthought natural things, practical things, anything. When I came to Jesus, I began to overthink even spiritual things. It became a real problem. And I found that that my mind, now here's the problem. You can have... You can have an educated mind and at the same time an undisciplined mind. An educated mind has a certain discipline that it's learned, but it can still be an undisciplined mind. What is an undisciplined mind? An undisciplined mind is allowed to go anywhere it wants to go go at any time with the interjection of of a, of a, a millisecond thought. Yes or no? So the way life works for us, uh, we have instant suggestions. You know, when you see someone, sometimes just the visage or the silhouette of someone uh, immediately in a half a second reminds you mentally of something, of somebody you were with five years ago or according to how old you are, 10 years ago or 20 years ago. You see what I'm saying? Me as a teenager, Boom, three years ago, there I am, right there with that person. Because this person, they're, just their visage, their silhouette reminded me. How many hear me? Um, or or you, can, you can smell a smell. I've smelled, I've, I've smelled that smell before, right? And then your olfactory glands take you, take your mind where you haven't been in a while. You ever had that happen? Or, or you can be driving uh, through familiar territory. And you remember when this happened over there and this happened over there. Or you can be engaged in conversation and somebody uses a phrase or a word. For me, when I first came to the Lord, I was working in a public place and they had, uh, you know, uh, the, the top 40 were playing all the time. And, and then, the, you know, some of the older songs and such. And there's those songs would come on and, and I was constantly going back into my past. You had that happen to you? Now, see, that was a real problem to me. I say, God, if, if I'm going to walk with you, how can I stay out of these paths I've walked in? I'm constantly reminded of what I was in. And I read my Bible. You said I'm a new creature in Christ, but all I can think about is the old creature and what I did, right? Because I'm constantly reminded. So how can, how can, I, how can, I, how can I discipline my mind? So again, you can have an educated mind at the same time an undisciplined mind. One of the most difficult things you do in life. Now, now you know, we discipline our bodies now. Love, people love to go to the gym. They love to work out, all the various muscle groups and such. I think that's great. I think it's good to exercise. But, and so that's physical discipline. Do you give the same kind of discipline to your thought life? If you don't, you'll get in trouble. Now, a lot of people stay in trouble mentally. They can't sleep. They wear a hole in their belly. You know, their relationships go sour. They're never pleased with themselves. They have a hard time relating to the Lord because the enemy has hijacked their mind. So I had to learn uh, just how to, how, to, how, to, how to grab my thoughts and hold them captive so the enemy doesn't, doesn't get in. The, the road was, was wide for me 
when I first came to the Lord for the enemy to come into my thought life. By and large, uh, the, the first thing I did, first thing I did, I thought, well, I'll just praise him away. So I praise God, you know, and well, you, you, you have venues where you can't praise God real loud. I'm at work. I'm on my job. I gotta do, I've got to do what I'm supposed to do. I, I can't do that very loud. And then, and, then, uh, I, and then I tried to praise God in the car and then other places, and, and the enemy's attacking my mind. The moment I start praising, there's thought again. You ever had that happen? Or, or say, well, I'll just, uh, well, I'll just, uh, I'll just pray it away. And, and, you know, it's fine while you're praying. The thoughts may go, but you know what? The moment you start praying, there, there they are again. I said, in the name of Jesus, thoughts stop. And the moment I finished, this thought came right back. And so process of deduction I'm a young Christian. I'm weeks old in the Lord. Lord, I'm desperate. I don't want to go where Muzak is taking me at work. I don't want to go where my mind is taking me when I'm driving around the city I've been raised in. What do I do? How can I deal with this? And the number one thing I found was if I put the Word of God in my thinking, that is if I'll memorize Scripture, and that's when, and it's in my book, uh, I just got a note card, started writing Scriptures on it, and I decided then I'll take one Scripture a day and I'll make that scripture my thought. That, that'll be the, the base thought for the day. So if I, if I have idle mental time, now if you're working and, and you have to use your mind for your job, you know, you don't have to use your mind a lot if you're running a paintbrush, right? Or if you're working on something and you've done it a thousand times and here's the thousand and first time, you can kind of put your mind in idle and be thinking all kinds of things while you're doing your job. But you may have a job where, where it's a real mental job and is very mentally taxing and you have to think a lot and think through on things and pay attention. That's one thing. But the moment you come out of that, then that's when your mind goes into idle and that's when the enemy attacks. Is that right? So for me, for me, just all I did, every day I'm reading my Bible a little bit and I'm taking one scripture per day that I put on a note card. Now I would put it on my phone and I would keep it in the note section of my phone. And I would take that scripture out and I would look at it anytime that I had idle mental time. And, you know, I was working at a grocery store. It didn't take a lot of smarts to put a can on a shelf and turn the label out where everybody can see. Is that true? Now you got to open the box and look at the can and then you got to find the product on the shelf. Yeah, sure. But that's not hard to do. Would you agree? So you can kind of, and then when you know where, where everything is, you just whip open the box. So, so I'm doing that kind of stuff while I'm working as a teenager, and my mind's racing everywhere, and I'm getting defeated by the minute. So I started, when I, when I changed, now this is when victory started happening with me. I started meditating on the Word. It changed my world. In, in fact, when I put the Word in my mind, a couple of things happened. I'm making a summarization here. A couple of things happened. Number one, the enemy had no road to ride on. He had no inroad into me because my mind is full of the word. I meditate on one scripture, Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. King James says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I put that in my head. I thought on that all day, all day long, all day. By the end of the day, I thought, you know, there's no condemnation in me. <laughs> I'm all right. Everything's good. Glory. And the enemy said, well, I've been trying to get into you, and I can't. And I said, you won't tomorrow either because I got another scripture. You hear what I'm saying? So I did it every day. And I, I got stronger and stronger and stronger. Listen, listen to the scripture, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. The Hebrew literally leads, reads, you will keep him in peace, peace. <laughs> it's double whose mind is stayed on you 
because he trusts in you. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 119, 11. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So these scriptures talk about doing something with the word with your interior life. And then Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. I stumbled upon meditation in the Word by accident. I did it just to try to keep my mind free, keep my mind unencumbered from all of these thoughts that in a millisecond would hijack my my life and put me on a trajectory I don't need to be. My first few weeks of my life as a believer, I would be melancholy. I would be despondent. I'd feel like I was getting depressed. I couldn't figure out why. I was thinking about all the things I used to be and do. And all it was was thought association. And the enemy don't have to do a whole lot. Just let nature take its course. If you let nature take its course with your mind, it'll take you down. Right? That's why you have to be, you have to be proactive with your thinking. If you want to be a successful believer, stay away from the enemy's tactics. Watch every single thing you think. And you can do that. How many know nobody's in charge of your mind but you? Unless you give them charge. Uh, In fact, in my whole life, I've never allowed another person to be in charge of my mind. Have you? You might have if you worry. You might have if their voice is constantly in your head saying this, that, or the other. You might have if the enemy's using thought association to pull you back to where you used to be instead of where you are now in Christ, right? So, but, and, uh, and uh, you know, I've never let anybody hypnotize me. I just had that thought just come right up. Don't allow anybody ever to take your mind over. There's a lot of crazy things going on today. Somebody, either you're online or you're in here, hypnosis, you say, well, that's an option for me to overcome a habit. No, it's not. Once you acquiesce and give your mind, somebody else control of your thoughts, they have control of your thoughts. And see, that is a tool. Hypnosis is a tool for the enemy to come in subliminally. And control an area of your life that should never be controlled by any entity but you. Don't do it. How many here? I could go into that, but I'm not. It just came up, and I had to say it. So again, meditation in the Word, Joshua 1, 8, Colossians 3, 2 and 3. Set your minds and keep them set, Amplified says, on what is above, the higher things, not on things on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died, and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, set your minds and keep them set on what is above. Uh, that sets a direction of word. It means keep looking. Keep looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Keep the word inside of you. Think on things above, not on things on the earth, right? And then Philippians 4, 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, uh, uh, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In fact, I had a note card when I was young, and I just wrote that scripture out, and I underlined those words in Philippians 4, 8, King James at the time, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, virtuous, praiseworthy. Every once in a while, I pull that card out of my pocket and I'd read it. 
And I would think, okay, in the last hour or two, have my thoughts been true? Have they been honest? Have they been just? Have they been pure? Have they been lovely? Have they been virtuous or positive? Have they been worthy of praise? If not, I need to throw them out, right? And I found that, here's what I found when I was a young believer, that I would be thinking a certain theme. I mean, I could go and not even realize I'd lost control of my thinking. Have you done that? I mean, it's like a, it's like a video playing. I mean, you, you, you think something in a millisecond, boom. Somebody says something, you overhear a conversation, reminds you of something 10 years ago. And boy, you're playing that scene out. And then two hours have passed. And, and then you're thinking, oh, I feel awful. Why do I feel? Feelings in a healthy person always follow thoughts. My, my thoughts enliven my feelings, my emotions. So if I'm having a certain emotion, the first thing I want to ask myself, in a, in, a, in a healthy person, yes, your hormones and all that can get involved in your, in your emotions, but in a, a generally, if all things being equal and everything's on an even keel, uh, your emotions are controlled by thinking. And I've known that so long until now. If I'm feeling melancholy, the first thing I want to know is what happened? What conversation am I remembering? What event with a person am I replaying? What has upset me? What's disappointed me? What is my mind revolving over and over again? Once you figure that out, you go deal with the thought, the emotions take care of themselves. Is it true? And that's how you can stay up. Is it possible to be positive all the time if you'll keep your mind? Does it mean you're not attacked emotionally? No. Some emotions come and go. I have days just like you. Everybody has an off day on occasion. If you don't, raise your hand. See, nobody's raising your hand. Everybody has an off day. on. I have an off day on occasion. What does that mean? It just don't feel right. It's like, blah. And sometimes you just tie. You ever been tired? Have you noticed when you get tired, your mind goes south? Is it true? How do you overcome that? You overcome it by the word. Put the word inside. Meditate on the word. Think about the word. And that's what these scriptures are relating Again, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What's the key of, of, of that verse? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Do you read the word enough that it dwells in you richly at any time? Can you recall scripture? Every believer should memorize scripture. Yes or no? Are you memorizing Scripture? It gets quiet. If you're not memorizing Scripture, you have very little ammunition for when you're on the go. You can't read your Bible all day. You got to work. You got to drive. You got to do things. Your mind is constantly working. So the key is if, if a, a smart believer, you know, he, he, he gives some ammunition to his thought life. And what does he do? Memorizes the word. Find key scriptures to memorize. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance uh, or bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Here's what I found out. I started meditating on scripture. It activates meditation in the word. The word of God itself activates the Holy Spirit since he's the spirit of truth, right? And the more you meditate on the word, the more he will talk to you. The less you meditate on the word, the less you read the word, the less you're involved in the word, the less he'll manifest. And, and for years, you've heard me say these things so many times, probably I'll say them for the, the thousand and first time. I mean, 
It's so important. Uh, you get in the Word, and God's, God's Word gets into you. The Holy Spirit manifests. And in my early days, I was just feeling so upset because everybody's saying the Lord's speaking, but He's not speaking to me. And I, I, then I found out constantly throughout the day, Scripture references were coming to my mind, and I found out it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me through His Word. How many hear me? And you may, you'll find yourself, if you'll get yourself in the Word, the Holy Spirit, it'll tag him. And he'll say, well, I've got a road into that person's life. So here's what happens. Uh, a, a, a mind that is not controlled will allow the enemy in. But a mind that's controlled by the Word allows Holy Spirit access in. Is that good? So what are you doing with the Word of God? Lastly here, and time goes, wow, uh, Second, uh, Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.11, uh, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And that word no, uh, devices, again, comes from the derivative uh, of the word mind. So it's literally schemings of the mind. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemings of the mind. Or one guy says, we're not ignorant of his mind games. So if you play mind games with the enemy, you're going to lose because that's his arena. That's where he gives knockout punches. That's where he does his best work. So I stay out of that arena by keeping the word in my mind. How many hear me? Second Corinthians 10, as I conclude, although we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. We're humans, but when it comes to battle, we don't battle the way normal humans do. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, fortresses of thinking, he's talking about, casting down imaginations. Logismos is the Greek word. And it's actually the, the lists of words in your mind that produce behaviors. These are, these, these, are the, these are the thought patterns that make you do what you do that enable you to live the way you live, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God? Any thought that comes to you that tells you you can't make it, that you're going to get sick and die early, you're not going to be able to make it financially, you're not going to, it's not going to work in your marriage or anything like that. It's of the enemy. He breeds and fosters fear, yes or no? That's a high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Again, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So again, you know, in my younger years, and, and you know, I can just tell you from just from my own personal experience that, you know, when you first start working on controlling your thought life and not allowing your thoughts to, to go in an abandoned way anywhere. It's a challenge. It, for me, it was a huge challenge. And uh, I didn't realize how out of control my mind was. A lot of very educated people think that they have a very disciplined mind, but your mind is undisciplined if it is allowed to go anywhere it wants to go. Your mind will take you as a believer where you should never go. And it will open up avenues for the enemy to come in to rob and to steal and to cheat and to hinder. How many hear what I'm saying? So it behooves all of us. And now, and now I think it's more challenging than ever because 
there is a constant assault and bombardment against the mind of man today because of all of our gadgetry. Hey, I'm a techie guy. I love gadgets. I love gadgets. But I've made a decision that I'm going to have some quiet time with my mind. And I'm going to get in the Word more than any, any, any time I ever have. You know, I ride bicycles on the Noose River Trail. And I walk uh, uh, distances sometimes as well. And so I'm out about where people are just kind of tooling around. Most people are listening to something at all times. Having said that, I'll have my earbuds in and I'm either listening to the Word. This afternoon I took a, a several mile walk and I was listening to an awesome, awesome, awesome message that was just stirred my heart. That other times I get quiet and I just walk, pray in the Spirit, and I just meditate on Scripture. When I wake up at night, I woke up last night a couple of times, and uh, every time I wake up at night, I have themes of Scripture. Because it's been, I mean, you know, if, if you can be 40-something years into something and you can't do this, you ain't been doing your homework, all right? So you might not have had, have had as long as I've had, but I've had long enough now to listen. Uh, I wake up at night, I, I have Scriptures on faith. Scriptures on the integrity of the word, scriptures on prayer, scriptures on healing, scriptures on, on, on uh, uh, you know, just God being for me, not against me. I mean, sometimes I just go through a book of the Bible, start with the New Testament, start with Matthew 1, Matthew 2, Matthew 3. What scriptures does my mind know from those various, and I just go through my Bible in my head. You ever do that? And then sometimes I start Matthew 1, Matthew 2 until I go to sleep. Sometimes I'll go over to John 14, John 15, John 16. Sometimes I go to Ephesians chapter 4 or Romans chapter 8. Or I could just, I mean, Colossians chapter 3, 1 Peter 3. I mean, I've got all these verses. I, I just go. And any scriptures I know, I just think on them. I don't count sheep. I meditate. And I pray in the Spirit. I wake up. The devil knows if I'm waking up, he's, he's in trouble. Because I'm going to pray in the Spirit. And I'm going to meditate on the Word. And you know, when you do that, it keeps you close to the Lord. How many hear me? Oh, man, it's amazing. Sometimes I'm riding my bike on the trail. And sometimes, I, you know, I got the earbuds in because I have a sports program and it reads my heart rate in my ear. It's, I'm crazy, I know. And, uh, and it tells me, you know, my respiration. It tells me my heart rate. tells me how long I'm going and all that. And, um, uh, but, but, but then I, sometimes I just cut it off and, and all that's happening, but there's no... There's no words. I'm not listening to the Bible or a podcast. I'm just meditating on Scripture. And often, see, if you'll do that, the Lord will speak to you. Over my life, the Lord has spoken so much because you involve yourself with His stuff, and He'll involve Himself with your stuff. You hear me? See, That's the reason. You know, you, you just don't want to keep your mind active all the time. You do want to meditate on the Word. I never, let me say it this way, I never have an empty mind. In fact, let me just say it. If, if you do yoga stuff, you should never, ever put your mind in neutral anywhere, ever. Yoga or any, any other of these Eastern metaphysical whatevers, never. My mind is never idling on nothingness. My mind is always pointed towards Jesus. You hear me? Because if you put it into onto nothing, the enemy will fill it through opening a door. You hear me? You say, well, pastor, I thought you said you calm your, I do calm my mind. But when I calm my mind, it's in the direction of the Lord. I'm always thinking about him, right? 
If you do in any other way, you're going to get into trouble. How many hear me? Demon spirits are looking to make inroads into people's minds right now. They're looking to make inroads into our children's minds through the things they're receiving at school. That little boy, girl, whoever it was that killed a person on Monday, they let the wrong things in their mind. Is that true? More of that kind of stuff is going to be happening. And so that's the reason that we need to be strong and stalwart. We need to teach our children. Show our children how to keep their minds strong. And don't receive certain kinds of information. Don't put mess in your head. If you put mess in your head, you're going to have a messy life. Right? So you've got to be careful. I had, to, I had to cut music out of my life. I had to cut things out. I, had to, I don't read negative things. Now I read the news. That's pretty negative. But I'm talking about I don't read stuff that's just embalmed but unbelief. God won't do this and he won't do that and he won't heal you doing this and he won't answer. I just I cut that stuff out. No, 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 no. Anything that would hinder my faith. Kenneth Hagin said it. Everybody okay? Years ago he said this. There's some things. I, I read this as a young man and I never forgot it. He said, I wish, there's some things I wish I had never read because I battle them to this day. I said, wow. So I immediately, when I heard that from an astute man of God, who was many years my senior, and I'm a young man, I'm thinking, that's some pretty good advice for life right there. So I don't read things, things that I don't want to remember, I cut out. Huh? So ask yourself the question, am I spending plenty of mental time in the Word memorizing scripture, thinking on the word. Say, well, pastor, I don't have any. You can find one scripture. Yes or no? Find one, just one, just one. So my book, I'm gonna close right now. Changer, who doesn't have this? Chris, you got this? Come here. He got filled with the Holy Ghost this weekend. Where's uh, Heather? Where's Heather? You got this? Give her a hand. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. How many want to make a fresh decision tonight to do something right with your mind? How many need to straighten things up mentally? Huh? Yeah. Glory. Lift your hands up. Father, we just bless you tonight. Thank you. (laughs) You will keep him in perfect peace. His mind is stayed steadied on you. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray that you would deal with all of us in the light of what I've just talked about a little bit here. Lord, take us where we need to go mentally. Lord, take us there. Help us to just not read your word, but meditate in Jesus' name. Help us to meditate on the word of God. Fill ourselves full of it. Hallelujah. When the enemy touches us, all he hears is the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. Thank you.